Welcome to Liberty Action Alert with Greg Seltz, sponsored by our friends at the Lutheran Center for Religious Liberty here in Washington, D.C., a program that cuts through the chaos and confusion in the culture today by talking to kingdom citizenship, bold biblical principles for a robust public Christian life. And now your host, Dr. Greg Seltz. Good day, good day, Washington, D.C., and friends of the program all around the country. I'm Greg Seltz. Welcome to Liberty Action Alert, where every week we try to cut through the noise and take on the issues, especially the public issues that matter to you, people of faith. And today's topic is one of those concerns, biological men in women's sports, in women's bathrooms, in locker rooms. This is something that shouldn't be happening in a sane, humane, civil culture, but it is. And, and it's just another example of what happens when our culture rejects the biblical worldview, which is so foundational to so many of our liberties in this country, and of course is foundational to our moral sanity and civility. And here especially, it's rejecting the notion of the co-equality of men and women, as well as the uniqueness of male and female. Wow. And uh, such an asexual egalitarianism is, uh, is not only unmoored from reality, it, it causes real harm, especially to our girls. So today on the program, we welcome back Alexandra McPhee, Director of Government Relations for Concerned Women for America. Welcome, Alexandra. Thank you for having me. Well, you know, listen, before we start and we get into talking about the issue that we want to talk about today, Kylie Allen's and her situation on, you know, in in college sports and those kind of things. I want our people to know a little bit more about Concerned Women for America. And and by the way, please say hello to your CEO, President Penny Nance, for me when you get a chance. Uh, Tell us about yourself a little bit and, and what you do on the Hill. Thank you for that, Greg. Concerned Women for America is the nation's largest public policy women's organization. It was started by Beverly LaHaye, wife of Pastor Tim LaHaye from California, and it is a nationwide grassroots organization for women of the Christian faith. I have uh, worked with a Concerned Women for America as a lobbyist for the issues that we care Mm -hmm. about, the sanctity of life, religious liberty. And in this particular case, recognizing the protections that female athletes need right now because they're being discriminated against, they're experiencing sexual harassment, and it's a moment that has really captured, uh, that's been captured in a couple of significant races that have taken place where males have either dominated females in competitions designated for women and girls, Um, as well as have really exposed women and girls in ways that they shouldn't be uh, because of, unfortunately, uh, radical gender ideology pervading a lot of our culture. Yeah. And let me just and step back a little bit. Like in the abortion issue, y'all were there. The Kavanaugh hearings, the misguided uh, equity driven ERA. Remember when it reared its ugly head? You you know, that's where I, I caught you. And like I tell people, your organization was in all of these things, fighting for all women uh, when they needed you most. Uh, Concerned Women for America has been there. And I think that's what I, I the, we've gotten to know your organization. My wife and I have gotten to know your organization, been at some of the meetings on the Hill or some of your gatherings on the Hill. 
And I was always impressed with the breadth of the organization from the youngest women that, you know, just out of college, all the way to people who've been at this for years and years and years. There was a dignity. There was a tenacity. Uh, there was wisdom. I said to my wife, there were two girls that spoke to our group when we were um, at an event. And I said, wow, they really were prepared. They they had a, a sense of themselves. They stood in front of, of powerful people and gave testimony. And I was just really impressed with your organization. So again, you know, my first question, did you ever think we'd be dealing with an issue like this? I mean, how have we gotten to the point where there are people, there are feminists who are defending biological males competing against biological females and and worse than that and i think that's where you're going to get into the specifics of kylie's situation where girls are being subjected to men in locker rooms and 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 the sexualization of that kind of thing and and i at in college yes but it's even happening in high schools and all these kinds of things uh did you ever think working for this organization with its foundational principles that we would actually be dealing with this it's got to be very disconcerting um for the kind of work that you're having to get involved with well conservative for america started in response to the equal rights amendment push because of the impact that it would have on women because it would eliminate important differences uh, that are recognized in law that protect women and this is unfortunately just the latest iteration it's one that is very obviously an injustice. And as I mentioned earlier, it's an issue that involves sexual harassment, a direct violation of civil law uh, under Title IX of the Civil Rights Act. And it's one that most Americans agree with us on. The uh, Erasmussen poll recently came out and showed that 70% of Americans oppose forcing women to compete against men in women's sports. And it's not just the conservatives. It's not just the Christians. It's independents. It's also um, primarily women, a majority of women. And it's also independent of ethnicity. More uh, African-Americans oppose forcing, eliminating the differences between men and women. Right. And that is an issue that has, it's just come to a head because of all of the efforts that we've seen since the days of the ERA to- Let me jump in. Yeah, let me jump in on this. Um, This dates me a little bit, but I actually saw Beverly LaHaye on Phil Donahue. (laughs) So (laughs) you probably like, what? You were alive back then? Yes, I was. And I remember her taking that on. And and I guess that's one of the things. There's so much caricature uh, euphemisms going on out there. we're, We're trying to get at the wisdom of this. And folks, there's a lot of women growing up today, even men growing up today, who've been taught, for instance, that the Bible's misogynistic. And you go, what? What do you mean the Bible's? Well, it says that men and women are different. Well, yeah, each one has a mutual submission, but the the Bible is the first document that actually says men and women are equal and that they're both created in the image of God and they both have the same dignity uh, before the divine, but then they're different. So the Bible is very clear. They're, They're dignity and to be differentiated, and it's a beautiful thing. And so that's why men treat women differently than men treat other men. That's why women treat men differently than other women. You know, all these kinds of things. There's uniqueness to be celebrated, even as we talk about their common dignity. And that's what's being 
this egalitarian movement, it can't differentiate men and women. Why? Because it has to say they're both the same. And so you're having people say things like Floyd Mayweather, you know, the boxer, the great boxer. If he decided to identify as a woman, he should be able to fight in women's sports. And, and there are feminists saying, yes, he should. And it's just crazy. All right, let's get to the specifics now. People have heard of Riley Gaines, uh, and now they're hearing more and more about the story uh, of Kylie. So talk about the specifics about her college career. I know she's graduated now, but now she's actually uh, uh, continuing to to uh, speak on the Hill and speak around the country about these things. But talk about what happened to her and then uh, why this issue still is. It's got to be challenged. Kylie is brilliant and accomplished. She majored in engineering for her bachelor's. She received a master's degree in engineering management from NC State University for both degrees. She comes from a family that's low income. She was only able to pay for college because of her swimming scholarship. And it's an athletic scholarship that received because of her merit, because of the hard work she put in to, uh, to her sport, years of practice, hours each day from the age of seven. And she comes from Colorado, made her way over to the East Coast, only to be forced to compete against a male who only at that time had recently decided that he wanted to be a female. Mm -hmm. And uh, Kylie, she is a 31-time All-American champion, uh, two-time NCAA champion, five-time ECC champion. She knows how to swim. And (laughs) all of these women do (laughs) Uh, who raced with her and uh, against the biological male in their competition. But the reality is that they're just built differently and and not just in terms of the capacity that uh, the male swimmer had physically to to dominate in the competition. But in matters uh, so so serious as privacy, Kylie, her teammates were told that they would have to change in a locker room with the male, Leah Thomas, and they had no advance warning. They got to the competition and then they realized, oh, we were given no notice. We have no accommodations. And uh, it's in an environment where there is a significant amount of time in a state of undress because of the nature of the swimsuits that they wear. Kylie was so uncomfortable she described her experience as being constantly on edge when she was in the locker room. And she was fortunate that Thomas never came into the locker room when she was changing. But part of that is because she decided it wasn't worth that serious sense of violation of privacy. And she resorted to using a storage closet by the swimming pool where she was racing in order to change. And well, just think about just just think about getting ready for your race. I mean, a lot of us who've competed in sports, you know, we're all you see them with the the earbuds on and they're trying to get relaxed and they're trying to get focused and they're trying to get ready. And you're you're scared that someone's going to violate you by coming in while you're undressing. I mean, this is crazy. But OK, so she she even resorted to changing when I saw that changing in a closet. I said, mm-hmm. wow, how how come this isn't harassment? I mean, that's the kind of stuff that you see happening all the time. And people actually denounce it here. They're saying, oh, you're going to have to deal with that. OK, so she dealt with that. Go on. Right. And she shared that even though it was unjust for her to change in a storage closet, that she's grateful because she was able to get that sense of privacy that was stripped away from her. Not by chance, because the NCAA did not notify its athletes of the circumstances in which they would be competing Mm -hmm. uh, against the biological male 
and the NCAA's policies remain in place. Men are allowed to compete in women's sports. There are no accommodations for women, no acknowledgement of the harassment, the discrimination that they are presently experiencing because of the NCAA's silence. The only thing Kylie asks for is to be able to swim as a woman with other women and an apology for the way the NCAA treated her, treated her competitors. So she came on... Yeah, and so she came on the hill, and and I guess she she's graduated now, correct? That's right. And taken on this cause, uh, she came on the hill to talk about this. How were y'all received on the hill? I'm, I'm I'm sure there were people that were on your side, but what? Give me especially some particular challenges, and and how did you respond to those? Well, the persistent challenge is a refusal to acknowledge the suffering, the pain that Kylie it has experienced. The other female athletes like Riley Gaines during a congressional hearing about um, Pride Month, mm-hmm. there was discussion of how youth who experience gender dysphoria also suffer from suicidality, homelessness, depression. All of those things can be true without having to infringe on the rights, the safety, the privacy, the comfortability of another uh, person and unfortunately that's exactly what is being pushed because the narrative is if unless you do everything that this person with a mental disorder wants they will kill themselves and you're responsible right and it's absolutely absurd it's not the standard we have for anything else but unfortunately there is a, a very strongly um uh well healed well oiled a, a machine to push this agenda and Kylie is suffering, Riley is suffering because of it. Well, I just saw it. I'm, I'm talking to pastors and leaders in Michigan. They just passed some laws that just say, if you say certain words that make someone feel threatened, you can be fined and you can be put in jail. And you're saying, wait a minute, I didn't, that's not what I meant by those words. And that's not, it doesn't matter. And so when, when law becomes, you know, someone's perception of it, and then they can actually say there's violence in your words when there really isn't any. It's just a difference of conscience or difference of opinion. This is where we're going with this, folks. Um, I call them secular blasphemy laws. Uh, that's what I call them. I and mean, it's like living in a country where they just decide you can't say this, you can't do this. And once you say it and once you do it, even if it's right, common sense, been done for 2000 years before you, um, you don't have the right to do that. And that's where a lot of this is going. When I think about your work, I also think men need to understand we have a stake in this too. It's kind of like the abortion issue. A lot of times everyone says it's just a female issue. And I say, actually, it's the most misogynistic thing a man can do to a woman. You know, here's $200. uh, I'm done with you. That's what feminists have taught young men. They've taught that men have no stake in the raising of their children. Well, that's ridiculous. A, A good man loves his wife and he loves his child and he actually has a stake in in protecting and caring for those and and so again we see the same kind of reasoning going on here where men rise up to this your daughters are going to be confronted by men in locker rooms and in bathrooms and i'm telling you that there are th- that violation is something that doesn't just go away. And so I guess I would uh, say to you, Alexander, help us, even even we guys, I mean, this is not, this is concerned women for America, 
But in a, in a lot of ways, men are rising up to this too and realizing that we're in this together. And if we don't learn how to you know, identify in the, our common dignity, but also our uniqueness, I think we both go down together, right? You know, it just, it's an issue where people are suffering. Women like Kylie are being forced to bear the consequences of the many ways that were totally out of her control, where apparently Leah Thomas was not affirmed in his masculinity. Uh, that's the only kind of affirmation any man, any woman should receive, which is to be the person that God created them to be. Right. And there's a, uh, I, I referred to earlier, a well-heeled movement towards this gender dysphoria, this gender phenomenon. And the reality is that in 2015, there were zero gender clinics. Now there are over 100 uh, in the space of only five years from 2017 to 2021, we have had an explosion uh, of youth who have not only identified as uh, being of the opposite sex of having gender dysphoria, the administration of hormones to change secondary sex characteristics like physical features, uh, voice, etc. And uh, there's money behind it. Right. The the organ the companies that are producing these hormones, uh, which are all off label use, by the way, uh, do not seek FDA authorization because that will create regulatory hurdles for them. But they benefit financially all the same. And uh, the good news is that we have women like Kylie, like Riley, who are standing firm in their beliefs. And we pray for Leah Thomas. Um, he has caused much suffering. There is no doubt about that. But yeah. Uh, he is equally in need of prayer. And um, the NCAA is equally responsible for making amends for the harm that they have caused to the women who they have ignored uh, for at least the past two years, if not longer. Yeah. And, and this goes to the deeper issue, I think, and that is the sexualization of children and and the sexualization of our society i mean everything has been sexualized now and you get to a point where you can't you can't watch television you can't go you can't go to a parade you know without seeing the sexualization of children and and people need to wake up to this when disney uh, can be participating in this at some of the most basic of levels folks those are your children uh these are our families these are our girls and our boys who are being sexualized in ways that actually are irreparable at a certain point too. And especially when I see some of these things uh, for college athletes to have to deal with these kind of things, uh, I, I know it's got to be not only disconcerting, but it's got, um, it, it actually throws off all of your equilibrium, not just in your competition, but in who you are as a person. And then to go back and have these powerful organizations say, and you will take this, whether you like it or not, that's got to stop. And, and we're here to participate with you to make sure that that does stop. So what are some of the next steps for issues like this? How can people get involved with these kinds of issues? Uh, we want to make sure that that Kylie is supported, that you're supported on these kinds of things. Tell tell our listeners some of the ways that they can uh, take these things to heart and be a part of it. Well, Concerned Women for America is a public policy group. That means that we advocate for change in government policies in particular. And we are supporting Senator Tuberville's uh, Protection of Women and Girls in Sports Act. That's Senator Tommy Tuberville of Alabama. 
And if anyone goes to concernedwomen.org and navigates to our page for standing with female athletes, they can send a message to their senator, to their representative, to encourage them to co-sponsor this legislation, which would ensure mandate girl sports for girls only, boy sports for boys only. And that is the uh, main push right now, as well as getting the word out that what the NCAA is doing is unjust and that its policies must change. And do you think that some of the things that you just did on the Hill, are are those changing minds? I mean, first of all, it's great to hear Tuberville again. I run into him a lot on some of these issues. He He's just willing to say, hey, come on, this is this has gotten to the point of absurdity. We have to stand here. Uh, are, are others standing alongside of him, standing with you? They are. And the um, every elected official needs to take leadership on this issue. Uh, Concerned Women for America released a presidential promise to American women that it has Mm. offered for uh, presidential candidates to sign. And it affirms the fact that there is only there are only two sexes, that women deserve protection and uh, distinct treatment in cases where their privacy is at issue, like athletics, like domestic violence shelters. And it's for presidential candidates. But we encourage anyone to go on our website, concernedwomen.org, take it to your school board. Take it to your local delegate for the state legislature. If your if your candidate does not sign that pledge, maybe they're not your candidate. And that's something that we are encouraging folks to do right now, especially as we get into election season for the off-year states like Virginia and New Jersey, and next year as we build up towards elections at that time. Well, I'm definitely going to look at that sheet because that's a lot of times people say, well, tell us how politically we've got to deal with these things. We we know theologically, we know what the Bible teaches. And and, and let me just say this, both of our organizations are, are committed to strong uh, women of faith, strong men of faith, strong families of faith, because if you have that in a culture, folks, you have a strong America. That's just, it, it's a, it's a humane, civil, healthy America. And that's, you know, so even if you're uh, at a point now where you're saying, well, what's the point of this? That There's the point. You want a better country to live in for the sake of everybody. This is something to rise to. Well, again, Alexandra, what what uh, a joy to be with you, but it's tough for me to hear about these issues. Um, my daughter is older now, but I can't even imagine. She was an athlete too. I can't even imagine if I would have come home one day and someone said, oh, there were naked boys in her locker room and and they were teasing and having fun and blah, blah, blah. And you're saying, what's going on at this school? And the answer is shut up and do what you're told. That just can't be the answer to that. So thank you for your work. Um, any final thoughts about this issue? Again, uh, prayerfully, like you said, we pray for the Leah Thomases of the world. We pray for the folks that are doing this. There's, but again, hoisting it on our kids, especially unbeknownst to them, that just can't be the answer. My parting commendation is that your listeners pray for these athletes who are having to uh, step into this issue and they don't have a choice to stay silent, unfortunately, as much as um, I'm sure uh, Kylie and Riley would have loved to have gone to their graduate school program of choice in, in Riley's case or in Kylie's case, um, get her dream job coding without having to think about going on national television to talk about how she was violated at a swimming competition. This is the this is the burden that the Lord has placed on them. It's it's the cross that the Lord has called for them to bear. And we need to be helping them with that. 
uh, praying for their boldness and also speaking on their behalf whenever we are in circumstances that uh, present the same issue. Well, we will do that. And you know, the way you just frame that, that's exactly the issue for them. They have to deal with this. And this is something they should have never had to deal with. So, okay. Again, thank you so much, Alexandra, for being on the front lines of this. And we will be there together with you. And God bless your work. God bless the work of the Concerned Women for America, because you have made a big difference. And we're very thankful for you. Have a great day. Thank you, Greg. Thanks for tuning in today. To get to know our LCRLDC work better, check out our website at lcrlfreedom.org. Contained there are resources to empower your public square dynamic discipleship. Or check out our weekly Word from the Center opinion piece every Friday at facebook.com forward slash lcrlfreedom. Till next time, God bless you always. I'm Greg Seltz. Have a great week. You've been listening to Liberty Action Alert with Greg Seltz, Executive Director of the Lutheran Center for Religious Liberty in Washington, D.C. This program has been brought to you by the Lutheran Center for Religious Liberty. 